All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple. Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, episode 35, and in honor of Kevin Durant appearing on our favorite show, Billions, last week, we're going to give you the Billions breakdown. Like a night with Chuck and Wendy Rhodes, everything's all tied up on both ends. I don't want to be the kind of person that gets off on that. The Warriors have done shat the bed. LeBron does his best Bobby Axelrod impression in Cleveland. But then again, what's the point of having fuck you money? If you never say fuck you. And will the Boston Celtics trade one of their blue chips? Showtime, we're still wondering why our checks haven't cleared. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that shit. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Ludi us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. We are back, episode 35. Once again. My, 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 how the tables have turned in the playoff realm. Oh, my God. So many things have changed. Oh, we'll get into that in a minute, but it's episode 35. Drew. Episode 35. Uh, It was going to be the Kevin Durant episode. Yeah. Episode 35, but I don't know how I feel about that after. You know how I feel about it. Last night. So, it's a Wednesday. Mm. Uh, We're just a few short hours away from Game 5 tipping off. In Boston against Cleveland. Ooh, it's going to be a good one, dude. God, it's coming down to the wire. Uh, but on this beautiful Wednesday, episode 35. Who's it going to be, Drew? You're going to give me a couple? As much as, gonna... as much as I don't want it to be Kevin Durant, I think it kind of has to be uh, based. But I'll, I'll let you choose out of this. I'll let you choose out of this. You know who I'm going to choose. Number 35, Danny Ferry. <laughs> Fucking the worst draft pick the Clippers ever picked. He didn't even want to play for us. Danny Ferry. No, that's Danny Manning. No, no. Danny Ferry did not want to play with us. He said, I Wait, am not. Danny Ferry was drafted by the Clippers? Drafted by the Clippers. Duke? Danny Duke Ferry. Danny Ferry. He, oh. he said, I am not going to the goddamn Clippers. Well, he was a smart man. Uh, <laughs> one guy who ended up going to the Clippers, Chris Kamen, mm. number 35 for Cave, a lot of years. Cave, don't, Caveman. don't even mention Caveman before you mention the originator uh-huh. of the 3-5 whose episode this should be. You're talking about Mark Madsen. I'm right? not talking about the Mad Dog, Drew. The Just Mad let Dog, him have it. The Lakers legend who <sighs> airballed more free throws than he made. Your boy Lloyd Vaught. That's who we that's who it should be. 35, Lloyd Vaught, okay. the hard nosed PF from Michigan. What's good, Lloyd Vaught? The best perimeter baseline jumper in Clipper history, which ain't saying much. Better than Elton Brand? Better than Elton Brand. Wow. Lloyd Vaught was the 15 15- 
foot king. The 15 foot king. The yes. Sean Livingston? No, no. Sean no. Livingston's got a really nice. Not better than Lloyd Vaught. Okay. All if right. He, so if you're choosing, yes, that's your pick. Yes. Can All it right. be? It can be. Yes. So we're gonna go Lloyd Vaught. Yes, it's the Lloyd Vaught episode finally. And Kevin Durant got kicked off because of yesterday. I'm a little disappointed Ooh. in this fourth quarter performance. Well, let's get let's get in let's get into first of all the, we've missed uh, two last, games. We've yeah, missed two games. The, the, our last podcast, the series were uh, one to one and two zero and two zero. Boston, Cleveland. Ooh, 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 wow, ooh, my how things have changed, Drew. What what five days does? Let's let's get into let's get into game three, Houston Golden State first. Okay, the Warriors rolled through that fucking game. That was boring. A, it was a forty point win. They won one twenty six to eighty five. There's not much to say. about Forty this game. points. The one thing you can say about this game is that Steph found his range. That's something we talked about on the last podcast. That he was a little. Errant with his jumper mm-hmm. uh, after only 16 and 18 points, respectively, in, in the previous two games. Uh, he dropped 35 on this one. Good game. 26 in the third quarter. Uh, I'm sorry, 26 in the second half. Not the third quarter. That would be a hell of a third quarter. That'd but be a big one. Uh, yeah, 35 points for Steph in this one. Uh, Rockets just played like doo-doo. They, they just they were not they were not there. They're, the Rockets' leading scorer was James Harden at 20 points. And then the next leading scorer was Chris Paul at 13, Capella at 13, and Eric Gordon at 11. And that's just not going to get it done. You're not going to get that done, dude. Yeah. And I just don't. I just don't understand that how a person like James Harden, who's going to be the MVP this year, and a person like Chris Paul lets lets a team beat them by forty. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. That shit just doesn't fly with me. It seems like in these days, teams are just kind of when they when they know they're beat, they just kind of just let it happen. The they just kind of let it happen. Mm-hmm. And I guess from like an injury standpoint, or just a, just a flat out embarrassment standpoint. The starters don't want to be out there for that shit. They're down by 25, 30, 40 points. They're like, you know what? Let's just, let's just pack it in and go to the next game. And we seem to be seeing that. I mean, this, in those first three games of the Golden State Houston series, every single one was a blowout. Yep. One way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but just real quick, I wanted to look at Houston's three point percentage for that game and they shot 32% as a team. From three-point land, and you know that's just not – they can't win when they're doing that as a team. Their success goes with the way that they shoot the three. So, like we said, there's not much to talk about this game. Do you have? Did you have a takeaway from Game Three other than Steph's resurgence? No, I mean, because honestly, that's expected too. Yeah. If you and we've said this the whole season, dude. If if Golden State goes up ten or even seven or thirteen, yeah, which is a very it's a it's a very close margin to come back from. A lot of teams come back from that. But if you get caught slipping with the Golden State Warriors at seven or ten or thirteen points down, that shit can be thirty yeah. in a, in a matter of minutes. Very quick. Yeah. Because though, Drew, it's like what like we've said a thousand times. It's okay. Well, uh, on most teams, okay. Well, let's just lock up on James Harden. Right. Let's try our best at Chris Paul. This with, with Golden State, it's like okay, Steph's shooting thirty foot jumpers. Yep. You got Clay that's open everywhere. Kevin Durant can literally score at will yeah. wherever he wants. Right. That's it's. I don't even know another player besides LeBron, but even Kevin Durant has this this upper on LeBron. Yeah, he, I think he's a better scorer than LeBron. Like a go to if you want, if you want, if you were to pick one person in the NBA to get two points, mm-hmm. I mean LeBron is definitely there right. for that, right? Yeah, because he could just go to the rack and then and then get fouled or whatever. But if you were talking about just handing the ball to someone and know that they're going to get a good looking shot, 
Kevin Durant's got to be one of the top three players. He doesn't in the throw NBA. a bullshit, bro. No, every single it's like a twelve foot jumper, right? And it's kind of like Steph when Steph shoot threes. You think as a fan that that shit's going? Oh, in. it's going in. It's not like oh shit. It's not like when PJ Tucker shoots it. Like right. this could possibly go Maybe in or not. Be, no, no, no you're, it's most likely going to go in. Yeah, Kevin Durant's efficiency <laughs> since he's been on the Warriors has been insane. Like every time I look at his stats, he's like. He's like, uh, you know, 12 for 17 mm-hmm. from the field. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, he had 28 points. You're like, wow, that's unbelievable. And he does it pretty effortlessly within the grand scheme of uh, the Warriors offense. So so there's not much to take away from game three, but that same shit that we just talked about yeah. kind of hurts them that coming into game four. And yep. we were all really excited about game four because yes. your back's against the wall. Right. One thing I want to bring up is this. These guys listen to the media. You know, Chris Paul's not stupid. Chris Paul knows the one crutch that he has that everybody talks about. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a chip. If he was six, if he was six foot four, he'd probably be one of the best players ever to play basketball. But I think he, he is. He's probably like six three. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Chris Paul is not. Chris what, Paul what? is not. He's like just like how they listed Allen Iverson at six feet. Allen Iverson's not, barely six feet. But Chris Paul, I'm what, six, six one, and he's shorter than you. No, he's ta- he's taller, he's taller than, than you. Yeah. So let's so six two. Ugh. I don't even think so, bro. I'm thinking he's at least six. Man, we're gonna we're gonna have to fact gonna, check. Yeah, on we got we got to hit up Chris. But <clears throat> get his actual height here in uh, shoes. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is this: is that you know Chris Paul like. Everybody else does not like to get their ass handed to them no. in the playoffs. That by was embarrassing. Points. Yeah, the third, the game three was embarrassing for the Rockets. And to think that they are not going to come back resilient, and yeah. you know, again, you got to regroup. So, so game four, uh-huh. the Rockets took it, ninety-five to ninety-two, and great game, one of the better games that we've seen in the playoffs. But it was a very weird game. So I don't want to say it was like an amazing all-time like historic game because it wasn't. You had a lot of ebbs and flows in this game. You know, Rockets Who's came. Ebb? Up, Eb, uh, Eb's my boy from down the road. Cool. Okay. He's over on, on, uh, he's over on Flow Drive. <laughs> okay. Eb and Flow. And so you had, you had the Rockets come out pretty, pretty strong and the Warriors looked very good. It was, it was pretty much neck and no, neck. No, it was 12-0, bro, so, starting the game. No, but, but they immediately made that, that discrepancy back up. I right. Mean, by the end of the first quarter, I think it was only an eight or nine point game. And then by the, by the, by halftime, it was very close. So, I mean, just to, just to, to, to my dad look. called me and he's like, "This looks like a tennis match." It was, you know what I mean? Fifteen <laughs> yeah. zero. Yeah, and and then all all of a sudden, yeah. So it, so the Rockets were actually up at halftime. So like it, it, the way that you look at it, like the the way that the Rockets came out was really flat. They were they were, they were like started like zero for seven or something like that, and the Warriors Warriors went on a twelve zero run, and we thought it was going to get really ugly really early. I know you did. Well, like I, de- we, yeah. I definitely did. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was going to be another uh, rematch of Game Three, where the Warriors yeah. ended up winning by thirty. And then the, the Rockets had a really solid second half, and then the Warriors did what they did. You know, they were down at halftime. Jeff and I, big comp, we took a shot at halftime, shot of the, of the whiskey. You took a shot of whiskey, Drew. I know it's rare. It's a very Shocking. rare. It's a rare occurrence. But we took a shot at halftime, and uh, it was to the to the Warriors being the best team. In the third quarter in the NBA. They are. And then they came out and they did the damn thing. Steph, oh, Steph okay. ran away with it in the third quarter. They outscored, um, they outscored the Rockets pretty substantially. And again, we were back to thinking, Oh my God, here we go again. The Warriors are going to, they just went walk, up 10. Walk, okay. Walk away with they it. went yeah. up 10, mm-hmm. but unlike the, the Warrior, the, the Rockets from the previous game, they hung in there. They dug their fucking feet in. Yes. Chris Paul made great plays. I'm saying the fadeaway three in the uh-huh, corner, uh-huh. the bowling pass in the corner to yeah, Ariza. Yeah. Um, 
which was amazing, by amazing the way. Place. Uh, and they hit shots. P.J. Tucker hit shots. Eric Gordon hit shots. Chris Paul hit big-time shots. Uh-huh. And it, it the Rockets' offense to me, Drew, is just on sometimes it's literally hardened dribbles for 15 seconds right, right and either goes to the rack and gets fouled right yeah or they're moving the ball like crazy right so like in like game two right mm-hmm. game two of this series the rockets mopped the floor in houston with the, they mopped the floor with the warriors uh because there was that style of play that's the rockets at their best when they're moving the ball they're out in transition but the only way it seems like this works as much as we want to praise Houston for their performance yesterday. They only scored 95 points. Mm-hmm. The Warriors missed a lot of fucking shots. They did. And they were turning the At ball the rim over. Too. They were turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. They only scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. See, that scares me. That's I, ridiculous. Yeah. So as much as we as much as as I want to praise uh the Rockets for their defense and the yes, the way that they were moving the ball and the fact that, you know, it was very very few times where James was just doing his dribble at the top of the key stuff and slowing the game down. It really like the the stats really shine a light on how poor the Warriors were for that fourth quarter, and it and it just it's shocking because we don't usually see that out of them. I'd like to say something though, and I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on something as far as the Houston defense goes. Okay, because per, first let's bring up the fact that Iggy's not playing. That okay, was a which, big miss. It's a big miss for for Golden State. And Clay tweaked his knee mm-hmm. in the second quarter, I think. But I want to bring up a stat to you, Drew, because Ariza was playing amazing defense last night all, all across the board. Okay. So Ariza allowed four of 15 field goals as the primary defender. Okay. Okay. De- as, as him being the whoever, primary whoever, defender who's he, ever shooting the ball, the ball yeah. they went four of 15. Okay. One of nine on contested shots. Contested meaning oh, he's yeah. going for the block. Good. Yeah, okay. okay. To, to your point, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant was nine of 24. We just got done talking about how efficient he was. Mm-hmm. Not so efficient in this game for right. whatever reason. Maybe it was Trevor Ariza getting into his head, but he still ended up with twenty-seven points. And Chris Paul, if you notice, is on him a lot. Chris too. Paul, they're, they're not afraid to switch on. They that. switch everything they, as they should. Yeah, I mean, if if you can, that's the best way to defend the Warriors' offense. Very few teams can, uh, but they did a decent job of that. And then you know, Steph Curry had twenty-eight points. But I want to uh, talk about the most important, which is those final three minutes. Right when that game was. Okay. That game was close. They were going bucket for bucket, free yeah. throw for free throw. Um, they didn't hit a field goal the last three minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. It was just. It was so un. It was so unlike what we're we're used to seeing from this Warriors team. There's very few times where they have a team on the ropes or even within their sights that they didn't end up just finishing off and taking care of and winning the game, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Right, the Rockets hadn't won in over 16 games. In the playoffs, in the Warriors Stadium, the Warriors themselves haven't lost a home playoff game since 2016. Since LeBron, beat when them. LeBron beat them, mm-hmm. like that's insane. So this is something that we were very—I mean, you know, Warriors fans of the past would be very used to this. Warriors fans that are actual fans that 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 were around for run TMC, run TMC, and around for the for the Baron Davis squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe those those fans will be like, well, shit. You know, Warriors would do this all the time. You can't win every game, though, Drew. Right. So, but, to your point, something broke down there. Did you did you have an idea of what? Yes. What broke down was uh, this, and this is what they said when Kevin Durant came over. Uh-huh. Who's going to take this last shot? Right. Okay. Right. So that la- the last three minutes, Kevin Durant for one is eight for eight from the free throw line. Yeah. If anybody should be taking these oh shots, it should there. be Kevin Durant. Yes. Okay. They're down two. If I'm not mistaken, it could have been three. 
I don't. I didn't, I'm not fact check fact checking this. No, that's fine. But on one of those last possessions of the game, mm-hmm. Houston misses the shot. KD gets the rebound and is dribbling down court. Reminds me of that LeBron play when he beat Toronto. Uh, Toronto with that bank shot. Game three. But what what does KD do? He gives it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they got a, an air ball from Clay in the corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I think uh, Steve Kerr had plenty of time to call that timeout, sure. get that shit at half court, mm-hmm. set up a play for Clay, mm-hmm. Durant, or Steph. Right. And instead, they came up with an air ball, and they got lucky enough to get that that foul with Livingston. So yeah. they got one more great look. Right. With point five left, Steph was wide open. Yeah, he did. And I, I, he almost hit that. He shot. should. And if he hit point it, five, point five. What a dude. game that would have been if we went in the overtime. So about that, mm. I think there's something very strange. That, that happened with Durant in, in those last couple minutes of the fourth quarter where he was like settling for jump shots, right? The whole time you're looking at whoever's guarding him, whether that be Ariza or whoever the hell they had CP. on him, PJ Tucker, it doesn't matter, right. name, name the player. We know and he knows that he can get by that person and go to the rack. You mentioned eight for eight from the free throw mm-hmm. line. I don't know if he took a free throw in the fourth quarter. I don't think so. And, and him settling for a 17-foot fadeaway – which he made one of those, mm-hmm. I think, in the fourth. It was an unbelievable shot. Terrible shot, but he made it. Him settling for that is exactly what the Rockets want. They don't want him you know, trying to get to the rack and trying to get layups. The free throw line. And the, and the one thing that we talked about earlier is, is how he can go ahead and get a bucket uh, pretty much any time he wants at any point. And the Warriors didn't really ever seem to give him that like mid-post up on the elbow that he really likes to work off of. Because then he gets a free throw line jumper, a little post up fadeaway, or he can go to the rack, what have you. They they didn't seem to do that at all in the last five minutes of the game. So explain this to me, and this pisses me off. Okay, why doesn't if if this is LeBron, okay, yeah. and they're okay. down two, yep. and LeBron passes it off to Kyle Korver, which he or Kevin Love, or in this case Kevin Durant passes it off, to, he defers to Clay Thompson or Steph Curry. Right. If you're the man on that squad, you're the best. We're going to go down as one of the best scorers in NBA history. Yep. And you're not taking that shot. Mm-hmm. If LeBron doesn't take that shot, he's getting nothing but criticism. Nobody's talking about Kevin Durant not shying away from the moment yesterday. Well, the, the safety that Kevin has is the fact that, that he, he has three players. He has Steph and Clay right. that are all that are both very We're, capable. So he can always take, say he can. Yeah, he can always say yeah uh, that I'm that I have. If Steph's open, I'm going to throw it to. And you should. Right. I mean, Steph was the leading scorer last night. I agree. Points. Like, it, and but, so LeBron doesn't have that. He doesn't. If he's going to if he's gonna defer to J.R. Smith in the corner if J.R. Right. Smith is open. So the, the whole thing, that the, the easiest way for us to correlate this is like is is in Miami. When he did have guys that you were definitely willing and, right. and could make the last second shot, he, there was times where he deferred to Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. and Chris Bosh mm-hmm. to take those shots. Uh, and, but didn't he and still get shit? He always did. He right. always ended up getting heat. But I mean, Kevin Durant got quite a bit of heat last night for for being a little bit um, lackadaisical. Like mm-hmm. it, it didn't seem like he wanted the ball. He didn't want that. that do you see? Shot. The, do you? I don't mean to cut you off, through, But do you see the cockiness that I'm seeing? And they should be cocky. Okay, Golden State is a great fucking team. Mm-hmm. All right, but you see these dudes dancing around. They're yeah. talking a lot of shit. They're yep. getting really involved. You know, there's more. There's another game within the game. Mm-hmm. Do you see that, like maybe being detrimental to the the grand scheme of things? Even though they are the best team in the NBA and most likely going to win this series, yeah. but we saw yesterday that they can be beat. Exactly. And if they get caught slipping with this team, uh-huh. they have to win in Houston, Drew. Yeah. So yeah, t- 
the the question I think you ask is a great question because yeah, the Warriors were definitely guilty of expecting the Rockets to lay down and right. let them win. Right. After that, after that explosive third quarter, it's almost like the the Warriors were like, "Yeah, dude, we got this. We Game's know, over. We know we're gonna win." Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph was Steph was. I mean, he was very he was very much MVP Steph in that third quarter in right? the zone, so, and and there was no way at the end of that third you were gonna be like, "Oh yeah, the Rockets can come back." I was expecting the Rockets to do what they did in Game Three and be like, "Oh well, fuck it." We we didn't do it this year. We can't do it. They're too good. I don't think. And so they were guilty. The Warriors were guilty of just thinking that the game was already over when it definitely wasn't. And guess what, Drew? Uh, James Harden and Chris Paul do not have that luxury anymore. To you know, being like, oh, it didn't happen again this year. You know what I mean? We didn't have the right team this year. Right. I didn't have enough this year. Mm-hmm. You your legacy is going to go down from this series. Yeah. And if you get beat by the by the Golden State Warriors in seven games, it's one thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. they if 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 Golden State wins that game last night and it's three one, it's a fucking wrap. For yeah. Them. I think it was really interesting the way that the Rockets. Uh, their line, they only played seven players. The Rockets only played seven players, which is tight. That's a tight, super tight. That's a tight rotation. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like the fact that they scored 95 points is one thing, but dude, Chris Paul and, and James Harden were 57 of that 95. <laughs> their next leading scorer was, was Eric Gordon at 14, and no other player was in double digits, <laughs> which is crazy. Interesting. You know, that means, that means the Rockets, at least D'Antoni has identified his, his lineup, mm-hmm. you know, his seven guys that he knows he can run with. Um, dude, honestly, just real quick, I'm just, as I'm looking at the box score, Gerald Green almost cost him the game. With that, what? The, he came in at the, at the top of the fourth, and I think he took like six shots, went 0 for 6, <laughs> had two turnovers, but then also had three blocks, a rebound, and a steal. Like, uh, he, he was insane. Uh, but the, I'm off my point. The, the Rockets have figured out their best lineup, and outside of Gerald Green, every other player played at least 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, so they're going with the tight lineup. Yeah. And before we end this segment, Drew, we can't let Draymond Green get off, you know, scot free on this. That that one dunk yeah. that he missed could have changed the game. That was a, that was a very big dunk for him to have, and he, he got hung. Uh, somebody cut the rope. He got um, fucking hung, as Chris Webber said. Was, somebody broke his back. Yeah, <laughs> for real. That was bad. Um, but just just some final notes. The Warriors definitely win Game Four mm-hmm. if Clay Thompson shows up like we normally expect Clay Thompson to show up. In Game 3, he only had 13 points, but that was masked by the fact that the Warriors beat the shit out of the Rockets. In Game 4, they needed him to step up. He only had 10 points. And he did he did tweak his knee, like we said. Yeah, but true. I don't I, – I think moving forward, if this is an issue, if his knee becomes a problem or if his shooting woes continue, that's going to be a big miss, especially if Iguodala what, is not going to be able to play. What did he shoot, Drew? What did what did Clay Thompson shoot yesterday? in Game Four? Yeah, he was four of thirteen. Okay, so he did have a bad shooting game. He got thirteen looks. Um, yeah, only we, five threes. He was two of five from three. We all said when Durant came to the came to the squad, though, there's going to be a lot of shots that are going to be taken away from Clay with with KD. But that hasn't the been the case. It that, hasn't. I mean, it has kind of been the case. Not really. Like it, when you <clears> when you look at their points per game, Clay's actually I think stayed exactly the right. same. Uh, maybe his shot attempts may have right. gone down, like you're saying, a couple. But you know the the shots that he's getting aren't that tough, right. you know, because of the luxuries that they have with Steph and Kevin Durant. He doesn't have to create many of his shots. There, what I will say is Houston is doing a fantastic job on him, mm-hmm. making him work for that because they're making him put the ball on the floor. And as we know, Clay does not like to dribble the ball unless he has to. Right. But the fact that he took 13 shots yesterday and only five of those were threes indicates that they're trying to push him off that three-point line, and they're doing a good job because he's missing his layups and his mid-range jump shots. Mm-hmm. So that's something I wanted to mention because 
especially without Iguodala on the floor, who's not necessarily a scorer, but is like a team leader and a very Defender. very smart right. basketball player. Him and Draymond Green play really well right. together. If he's out for any extended period of time, that's going to be an issue unless Clay can correct this. And and you know if there's going to be a guy who can bounce it can be back, him. it would be and him. Clay's due for a game. Let's yeah. look for Clay to have a big game five. Who you got in game five going back so, to Houston? Yeah, game five on Thursday night in Houston. God. <laughs> Make the call, bro. Uh, Two-two. You know, Golden State has to win yeah, this game. My, ex- my experience tells me one thing, and the for all the arrogance and uh, the nonchalance that the Warriors like to front with, I think this is a statement game. I think mm-hmm. they see it as a statement game. I called the Warriors in six. You did. I'm sticking to my guns. Warriors are going to take game five. What did I say? Warriors in seven? I think you said Warriors in seven. I'm taking Rockets tomorrow. Wow. I'm taking Rockets tomorrow. I see that 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 fire in CP's eyes. Okay. You know? Pressure's on. I, pressure's on. And we all know how my calls go. So fucking <laughs> don't don't listen to a word I say. Everybody bet on the Warriors. Just go, go opposite of what I gotta say. All right, so Drew's got Drew's got Golden State yep. on Thursday. I got Rockets on Thursday. But we gotta get into the King. Let's get into the King next. Yep. And 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 what has changed in Beantown. Seriously. Yo, if you have not heard about it already, the follow through with Clips and Drew podcast has teamed up with our boys over at Soul Science. We have our own signature shoe fragrance called Vesuvius. Head on over to soulscience.co, type in Clips and Drew, get yourself a bottle of Vesuvius and have your kicks smelling sweet. All right, we are back. Yep. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, episode 35. The Loy Vaught episode, Loy. Drew. Loy. A name that, that I've never heard. I've never heard of that name. Loy. You never you've never known a Loy is it, before? Is it short for like Lloyd? No, it's Loy. Yeah, I don't L-O-Y Vaught. Yeah. One of the greatest clippers ever to play, dude. This is my guy. It's a short list. It's a very short There's four of them. <laughs> and Loy's one of them. And Chris Paul's the other. <laughs> hey. It's a sore, still a sore subject for me. Hey, so uh we gotta get into uh, everything's changed. Cleveland, Boston, everything's wow. changed. Yeah. We're tied up, dude. It's 2 2. Yep. Uh, game five is tonight. It's actually in the next hour and a half. Yep. Um, game five in Boston. Yep. Boston crowd's uh, going to be ready. Oh, they're going to be ready, Drew. But I mean, what, 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 what I, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like, the Cleveland looks like they're ready to take this shit. Well, this is a case of, of like the home and away. Right. Yeah. So when you have a young team like Boston, we we always we talked about in the last series how young Philly was. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, like Boston is just as young, uh, top to bottom. They have they have some more savvy vets, uh, but they're they're I'm, I would say almost exactly the same age across the board. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a little younger for their star players than than Philly was. And you have also the fact that the the Cavs shooters seem to only really perform at home. Um, so game three, Cavaliers 30 point win, 116 to 186. Blowout. And in that game, uh, LeBron had 27 points, 12 assists. Kevin Love 13 points, 14 rebounds. But when, when you look at the box score, they had one, two, three, four, five, six players. Six players in double digits. That's what they're going to need to win the series, though, Drew. Yeah. All these guys are going to have to show up. And we're not asking. For miracles from these guys. Cleveland needs, you know, JR, give me 10 to 13. Yep. Tristan, give me 10 to 13 and 10 boards. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Corver, give me three threes. Uh, Love, give me, give me, 
18 to 20 from yeah. Love. It's yeah. not asking a lot. No. Um, and if those guys are scoring, it's a different ball game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the way that that game broke down, all you have to do is look at LeBron's field goals. He only, he only attempted 12 field goals, LeBron. In game three? In game three. Huh. He was 8 of 12 from the field. <laughs> we had 27 points. Interesting. Um, he was 8 of 10 from the line. And when he shoots 12 times... And win. It's one of two things. Yeah, it's either a blowout for the team that's uh, playing him and a victory for them, or it's a blowout win for the Cavs. This one obviously was a blowout win for the Cavs. And then Rozier says, says after the game, oh, we needed that. We need to get humbled, get our butts right. kicked, blah, blah, blah. I think right. that's just a cop out. Like, uh, you know, you're kind of getting getting scared. Like, okay, well, these guys can beat us. Yeah. And then you go into game four and they just do it again. Yeah, so I mean, so in game three, the Boston just shot terribly. They were 27% from three, 39% in total for the game uh, on their field goal percentage. And their leading scorer was Jason Tatum at 18 points. Chain enough. And that, and the rest, of the, the rest of the squad didn't really show up. You know, uh, Marcus Morris only had nine. Horford only had seven. Brown, Jalen, uh, Jalen Brown only had 10. So it, it was just a very, very poor game all the way around for Boston. And, and something that's been kind of, you know, what they've been doing for this, for this whole playoffs. They have, I think they've only won one game away from home in the entire playoffs Boston? so far. Boston. Huh. It was one, it was the one in Philly that they won one right. game in Philly. So this is, this is to the script for Boston. I think we're going to see exactly what home court means to them in this game. Um, in game How five. How important it is. That, the, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because they're, like I said, their young players play way better at home than they do away. And uh, the Cavs veterans, like the shooters, J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, etc., don't seem to step up when they're outside of Cleveland. True. So, um, facts. Getting into game four, this was a much better game. You know, the Cavs won. It was 111 to 102, but it was a much, much better game all around. Um, and LeBron obviously had, a, had another ridiculous performance, 44 points for LeBron. Um, and, and easy 44 dog. Yeah, it, he didn't, it, wasn't even working at it. Yeah. He, he, in this game, he took like the more appropriate 28 shots in this game, but he was 17 for 28 from the floor, which is just outrageous. 16. From every, every way, bro. Yeah. Layups, post up, mm-hmm. fadeaway, three, everything. He gave him the whole bag that game. Yeah. And, and he, that was just unbelievable. Um, the supporting cast did what they needed to do to, to edge out that game. Again, Kevin Love, Mr. Inconsistent, mm-hmm. only had nine points, but he, he had 11 rebounds. Uh, Corver had 14 points. Tristan Thompson had 13 points. And George Hill actually was able to score a little bit, and he had 13 points. So this was exactly, if the Cavs were to drop a way that they win, it would be game four. Uh, it, was a, it was a closer game. Boston had a, a really, really nice performance from Jalen Brown, who had 25 points. And just like their standard, uh, all five of their starters were in double digits. You know, they just they just didn't get it done when it came down to it. Um, mostly because of, of of that home court advantage. Do you think Boston has that in the back of their head? Like, well, fuck it, we got half. Well, we have home court. You know, we can maybe. You can't think like that in the playoffs, no, though, dude. I think I think game three was an ass whooping, and I, I think Terry Terry Rozier was right. Like mm-hmm. Boston was definitely feeling themselves. Coming into that stadium yes. after being up 2-0, unexpectedly up 2-0 mm-hmm. in that series. Nobody, I don't think anyone 
would have bet that Boston would come out of those first two games the way that they did. Hey, but don't you find it crazy that LeBron said after the first game, I ain't tripping, dude. I'm Why should he? Yeah. I know, but people gave, criticized him for saying it. And it's like, I'm not, I've am not. i been here before. Yeah, he's done this And then before. we go four days later, and we got 2-2, and Boston's back is against the wall right now. You don't win at home tonight, Beantown. Yeah. You're in some deep shit. Yeah. And I, I, I want to bring something up, too. Okay. Because, you know, I like to bring up my LeBron stats. As of now, in the playoffs, LeBron James ranks number one in points, number one in field goals made, number one in steals, number one in free throws made, number one in minutes, second in three-pointers made, and third in assists all time in the playoffs. If it, I mean, I mean, it's just getting, it's getting crazier with every single game. Right. He's, I mean, he continues to impress. Uh, the accolades won't stop. He, he's doing, he's doing something amazing this year. Like we, you know, his whole career has been amazing. And, and you could say that every season since he was 20 has been just incredible. But what he's been doing in this playoffs and in particular in these last two series is undoubtedly great. So the numbers speak for themselves. We don't need to get into LeBron too much. No. What we what we do know is that if if Cleveland is going to win tonight, he's going to have to have another forty point. And I think he knows effort. that. Yeah, I yeah. think he knows that. And I he's one of those guys that isn't like J.R. Smith and isn't like George Hill, who likes playing on the road and pretty much keeps it consistent the same way. Mm-hmm. Plays just as well on the road as he does at home. Yeah. Um. And and it, it's gonna. I don't know if he's going to need a 44, 45 point game. I hope he doesn't have to have that. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's going to have to be the other way around. I think Boston's going to have to play a huge game, um, and and see. I, this is where this is where we had the issue with Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Tatum's young, Jalen Brown's young, Rozier really, really ain't been there, so they're not as experienced. Horford being your most experienced player on right. the team, right? Um, and when he has seven points in game three, That's like bad. you said, it's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna cut it, right? And this is where the coaching comes in. When you see a team every other day, mm-hmm. you're preparing for it. You can't prepare for LeBron James, I don't think. You can't well, prepare. You, you, I mean, you can. You can try. But there's, there's, not, there's not much you can do to stop him. Right. So you can prepare for him all you want. Mm-hmm. And, and some might say that, that Boston did an excellent job of that in the first two games. But you're absolutely right. We, we've been harping on it. So has everybody else. Um, LeBron's going to do his thing. And it and the wins come with the rest of the squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the squad being the rest of Cleveland's squad. Because if Corver can do what he's done in the last two games, have 14 points, and if J.R. Smith can hit fucking two threes, literally two. That's all we're asking, Junior. Two threes, of which he'll shoot nine. He will. Uh, if he can hit two of the nine that he's going to take, <laughs> it's going to be a close game regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and and obviously, I, Brad Stevens we've talked about a lot about as well. When it comes down to coaching, this, this game is going to show us does Brad Stevens have something up his sleeve after watching the the, the two losses to adjust uh, offensively or defensively to what the Cavs are doing, and and that's gonna that's gonna be the determinant is, mm-hmm. is if is if he saw something or has some kind of leg up that something that he saw on tape that they can exploit because their offense is is their offense and that seems to not be changing. And, and their defense is fantastic. Their rotations are fantastic. Their, their communication on defense is top notch. But there's, like you said, there's nothing, there's not much you can do against LeBron. It's about the rest of them. And there, and, and by the time you get to game five, Drew, they've already, you've played four games against the same team in two weeks. Right. I'm pretty sure the game plan is the same for almost every game. You just got to tighten up on a few different things. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The strategy can't be any, like, any too too different than it already is. Right. It's the little things. Yeah. It would be little things that yes. they would have to work on. 
Um, I, I honestly think that they should they should try and move through uh, Al Horford more often. We, we talked about his impact on this Boston's, Boston roster, and it's not so much in scoring, but I think that he needs to be the talisman in this game. You need to run the offense through him and see if, number one, if you can't get him some points early, right? Because he only averages like, you know, 12, 13. Four, yeah, 12, mm-hmm. 14 points a game. So if you can get him up to 20, those, those are big buckets that, that they're going to need in this game, I think. So what is Boston going to need tonight to win? Yeah. Make your call. What are they going to need to win? So in order for them to win. First, do you have them winning tonight? I do. I have them winning tonight. Okay. Boston at home is, wow. an, it's a, it's a just a different, it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Boston at home for what the, the crowd. And, and like I said, it, it does go back to the confidence that, that the player, the young players have at home. They've, they've won at home throughout the postseason. They're doing, uh, they're just playing really well at home. So I, I do, I do think Boston is going to win. I think it's going to be a very close game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston is going to, I, in my opinion, I think Boston is going to try and, uh, let LeBron do his thing and really focus on shutting down those X factors of Corver and J.R. Smith and the rest of them. Um, I think I think LeBron will end up having close to forty points. I think Kevin Love will have a good game this game, uh, but I do think that that Boston's going to do a really really good job on on Corver and J.R. Smith, and I think that's going to be the deciding factor. As long as uh, everyone stays out of foul trouble, and ev- mostly everyone, I mean, like Jason Tatum can't get in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Mark Marcus Morris cannot get in foul trouble early. Um, and you mean the LeBron stopper? The LeBron st- <laughs> he was for two games. <laughs> One game Please. for one game. Please. He stopped him for one game. Uh, well, if you want my call, Drew, you yeah. obviously haven't looked at our Instagram today because I made a bold statement. You think, you think Boston's going to lose? I said, I said Cleveland rolls tonight. In a blowout? 15 plus. Wow. LeBron snatches souls tonight. Wow. But again, let me throw my disclaimer out. Okay. If you're a betting man, don't listen to what I yeah, said. That's true. But that's true. I just have that gut feeling. Okay. I'm watching LeBron on TV right now. Walk in like there's no, like he ain't got a care in the world, dude. Yeah. I think he I was think, reading books this morning at practice. If you saw him, I yeah, didn't see that. Yeah, sitting courtside, just reading a book while everybody else was practicing. Well, I wonder what book he was reading. That's weird. <laughs> everybody was trying to figure it out. Um, I I think I that's definitely a possibility. Of course, think, anything's possible. I think that the only way that that happens is if LeBron drops fifty or more. The only, Seriously, the bro. Only, the only way that the Boston loses by fifteen points. Ooh, I got fifteen plus. 15 or more yeah. is if LeBron drops a 50-piece a fifty piece. and has support from, from the Cavs. I think this game is going to go down the wire. Mm-hmm. And uh, as it goes down to the wire, uh, the more confidence I have in Brad Stevens to pull out specific plays to get his team in the right position. So let's go back to who we who we have in the series. Let everybody know again. Yeah, so in this series, I think you took Cleveland in seven. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, I took I took Boston in six, mm-hmm. and you took Cleveland in seven. So you need this win tonight. You need this win tonight. I need this win. No, well, I have seven though. The the whole thing. Oh yeah, in, in order for my prediction <laughs> yes, to be true, that's what I'm saying. Yes, that, that I need this win correct. tonight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I do want to get into segment three, and this is going to be our segue. I think this series is completely different if Kyrie Irving is in the game. Yeah, I do too. And I, let's talk about this because we had a huge debate. We did. A blowout at my house <laughs> yeah. on game three. Yeah. Game four, excuse me. No, yeah. it, was, no it was game four. It was game four, yeah. Game four at my house. We had a, a riot inside my living room. <laughs> Shit got crazy, and I want to talk to you guys about it. Like this before. Like this before. Like this before. 
It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. We are back at you, episode 35. You know, Drew, it seems like we watch a lot of NBA games together. We do? We do. We watch every fucking NBA. Pretty much every, at least every. We watch every NBA game. Yeah. And a lot of the times we are together. That's true. Uh, Well, that's true. Uh, Most, a lot of the time we have our group of friends. It's Uh either my house, your house. Yep. um, Big basketball buffs. We always talk about Jeff Compton. Who is the the diehard uh, Golden State fan. Down to Clown John. Then we have Down to Clown John. Who just thinks he knows everything about everything. He's a smart guy, though. He's a smart guy. And then you get clips and you get Drew involved in things. And, and sometimes things get a little, they get a little testy. And, uh, I started a debate at my house during game four. If Kyrie's playing in this series or even with the Boston Celtics during the playoffs, it's a different dynamic for the team. Sure. We both agree on that. Yes. Now, the downside to having guests, one of the best point guards in the NBA, Kyrie's a champion. One of the downsides of having him play on Boston, we probably don't get to see um, the greatness that is Jason Tatum, you know, how well Jalen Brown's come along. We won't see Terry Rozier um, do what he do. I mean, we would see him. You would see, you would see Tatum and Brown because that was, that's all, that was all Sorry, predicated Gordon on Hayward. Gordon Hayward. True. Uh, you wouldn't see Terry Rozier. Right. Absolutely not. As not at least not on this in, at this level, right? He would be playing maybe twelve, fifteen minutes a game. But what I so the the thing I brought up was the fact that we cannot think for a second that Danny Ainge, being the thief that Danny Ainge is, he is a thief and a great GM. Yeah, fantastic GM. That he hasn't thought about. Okay, well, we got two hundred million dollars committed to Kyrie or whatever it is. It's up there, right? He's a max guy. Yeah, he's gonna have to get maxed if he isn't already. Yeah, no, um, he's still on his contract for, uh, with Cleveland, which but, is huge. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's a good huge money. deal. Yeah, it's good money. And they've made it this far with Terry Rozier. Right. So I just bring up the fact that you know they could possibly trade Kyrie, and then everything goes to shits in my house. Every guy, everybody goes so, fucking irate to frame. To frame the, con- the the context of the argument, mm-hmm. or at least the statement that you made, it was more along the lines of, of does Boston actually need Kyrie mm-hmm. because Rozier is playing at this level? That's a legit statement to make because Terry Rozier is playing his ass off and has been pretty much from day one since he first since since Kyrie first went down with this the season ending injury. And you're absolutely right. We all we all were like, "What the fuck are you talking about? This is unbelievable." But I think you did also frame it with the with the fact that Danny Ainge has done crazy shit like this as recent as the Isaiah Thomas trade to get Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Right? If you at the end of last year, after Isaiah Thomas's performance, especially in the playoffs, if you would have told us that immediately after that season he would have been traded. To anywhere that would have been mind blowing, and everyone is, would have been like, "Well, wh- wh- why? Like he's playing so great, your team is doing so well, and they're and they're overachieving." Um, but when you have an option like Kyrie that comes up, right. anybody's expen- expendable, right? Okay. So that being said, it wouldn't be shocking for me to find out that Danny Ainge is considering a trade for Kyrie. The issue I have with even that thought is who exactly are you going to bring in, right? Because if you already have Al Horford, who's probably going to make, I don't know, probably second or third team All-NBA this year Mm -hmm. at center, you have, obviously you have Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown at the three, uh, and you have, you know, whoever, Marcus Smart or whoever, whoever they're going to bring in for the two, 
who is it that you're going to get and have Terry Rozier at the point guard to really influence and make your team better by letting go of Kyrie? And I don't think there's that many players out there in the NBA, period. This is this is something that, as and I kept trying to tell Jeff and you guys this, I was trying to think like Danny, right? For sure. <clears throat> we got Jason, you got Jason Tatum on the rookie contract. You have him for three more years. Jalen Brown, you have for two more years under the, under the rookie contract. Right. Rozier is, is getting six or two, two point like five next year. Okay. Cheap. He All has, these guys he has are two cheap. Two more years left. Two more years. Yep. It's going to be two million next year and then six the following, which is, which is cheap. Still very cheap. So when you have Gordon Hayward, who's the third highest paid player in basketball, played right. five minutes this year. Right. Kyrie Irving is pro- probably top 10. I don't know. Top 15 paid. He's getting paid well. He's getting paid very well. Yeah. And with this summer's climate changing as far as, wow, Carl Anthony Towns might be on the block. Kyrie's going to be on the block. Boogie's going to be on the block. LeBron's on the block. There's going to be a lot of people on the block ready to be traded or there might be moves being made. Sure. The Boston Celtics have a great chip with Kyrie. Yeah. They have a great bargaining chip. Right. I'm not saying the Boston Celtics are going to be better without Kyrie. That would be something that's, right. that's loony for me to say. Correct. But what I'm saying. That's what we all thought you were course. saying. And that's why it turned into that, that whole Because everybody debate. jumps on me so fast. <clears throat> so, But there is, there is a conversation to be had here. Boston is in a very unique situation. They have a lot of players that are very, very talented. And very young, and young, mm-hmm. and and on you know, like like we're saying rookie contracts and 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 uh, small payments that are made in the grand scheme of the NBA. So I do think that they're going to make a move, but the most likely move is that they get rid of Terry Rozier and trade him at his highest value somewhere else, and then get somebody fantastic in in exchange or or for picks, obviously because Danny Ainge loves picks. Um, I do want to talk about if they were to look at trading Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Who, who, if you're if you're Danny Ainge, since you brought this up, who who would you trade Kyrie Irving for to make your team better? You gotta. I mean, I'm looking at the bigs right now. It's so big right now. You have three. I mean, Boogie, Carl Anthony Towns, DeAndre Jordan are on the block. Okay, so are, Minnesota said today that they're not trading Carl. They say Towns. they can say that, but don't think for a second they're going to trade Andrew Wiggins. That that could happen. Yeah, but the other thing that you guys have to understand is that don't think that these guys aren't going to entertain offers. The phone is ringing for Kyrie Irving, and it has been ringing. Uh-huh. They just like Doc had to do with Blake Griffin. As much as we thought Blake was never going to be, you know, we're never going to get rid of Blake as an owner, as a general manager, you have to take those calls. So there's going to be there's going to be offers coming in for Kyrie, for Jason Tatum. For Jalen Brown and Terry, Terry Rozier, there's going to sure. be offers, yes, especially with all these big guys coming in. I think that they could definitely, even with Al Horford, they have a good big man, not a not a great big man, even though he is an all star. So I guess I can't hate on him too much. Yeah. Um, you have to entertain offers. Kawhi, who plays Gordon Hayward's position, oh, yeah. you know what I mean. If they could dump Gordon Hayward's contract, sure, that that were, would be where it works for Boston. Because, yeah. A, they didn't do anything with him this year. Well, he, yeah, he only played five minutes. True. Whatever. He's the third highest paid player in the NBA. Um, they they're obviously have two players that play his position that play very well and that are young mm-hmm. that you're going to have to pay in a couple years. Right. Let's just be real with that. Right. So, I mean, here's the thing. Like, they, they, the one thing that the, that the Celtics do also have on their, on their side is time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, nothing needs to happen. True. They, they don't have to pay Tatum this year. They don't have to pay Jalen Brown or Terry Rozier this year. Mm-hmm. They have some time to kind of deal with this and see how the team plays. See, my, my whole thing is like, yeah, okay, Kawhi's out there, sure. But why would you want a team that has Jalen Brown, 
Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard, and Gordon Hayward. That's, you know, it, it's not going to make your team worse adding Kawhi, but I think removing Kyrie does make your team worse with Kawhi in exchange. Uh, there's always been a rumor, I want to say for the past two or three years, that Boston has been trying to go after Anthony Davis. So in a world where the Pelicans re-signed uh, Boogie Cousins and uh, the boss and Danny Ainge gets all big old balls and says, look, we'll give you Kyrie Irving for Anthony Davis. And there would have to be more at play because obviously Anthony Davis is a superstar on a level that I don't think Kyrie is there yet simply because of his size. Uh, I could see that happening, possibly. But I, I think New Orleans would be like, no, we're good based on what they just saw Anthony Davis do last year. So outside of that, there is, first of all, there's no point guard that would be traded that I would take over Kyrie, right? Because Steph's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chris Paul's too old. Uh, Russell Westbrook doesn't fit the system. He's probably too old. He's too old to be traded for Kyrie Irving. Russell Westbrook doesn't fit the system that they're running in Boston. I think if anything's going to happen, I could see Terry Rozier traded or Jalen Brown traded this offseason. And outside of that, I don't see any or other Or they do absolutely nothing. Right. That's which, the thing. Which would probably be – and I'm not saying that's not a good idea. The only thing that I brought up was the fact that it, could they do this with Terry Rozier and not Kyrie Irving? If there's a GM, make- if the G, if there's a GM in the NBA that, that would trade Kyrie Irving after having nine months of him, it would right. be Danny Ainge. Right. So yeah, on that level, your, your argument was, uh, completely founded because Danny Ainge is a crazy man and nobody knows what he's thinking. So. Everything's a little, just a little bit turned up when you're on some, some whiskey. And it's game four. Yeah, the emotions were high. They're always high. It's 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 always high when you get all four of us together. But um, we're gonna see because again, we're gonna be talking about free agency a lot, and nothing's gonna start until we see what LeBron what happens with LeBron, and then I think all the floodgates are gonna happen. Yeah. Um, Drew's been Drew heard today from Bill Simmons that they really think he's coming to L.A. And I don't want to talk about that right now, but I want to get that. I want to get into that. Yeah. Um, because we've already talked about him coming to L.A. a few times, and I don't even like. Chances are he stays in Cleveland, guys. That's what I've been saying the whole time. Most likely, and with all these trade, with all these trades coming up, who's to say that that Cleveland doesn't get one of these big guys? Who's to say that Cleveland can't that Kawhi can't go to Cleveland? Right. Yeah. If if LeBron identifies Boogie Cousins as someone he wants to play with, it could happen. The Cavs will make that happen. True. They will. They'll they'll do whatever they have to. And it's not said so that Paul George is going to be in L.A. Everybody thinks it's going to happen, but who knows? Not everybody wants to go to Cleveland. Totally. But it is what it is. It's Game Five tonight. Cleveland, Boston. We got game five tomorrow. Golden State, Houston. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. We're going to be back this week, episode 35. Drew, take us out with our music. Excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Gluteus. I do have some.